0: Hello and welcome to Mama Hood in Real Life with Tierney and Alex. This is a space that was created for real life conversations, stories and experiences, a place to learn and grow together and hopefully laugh along the way. We are so excited for today's episode and I'm going to turn it over to Tierney.
1: Yes, welcome. We are so excited to have our guest today, Danny Jones. And Danny is a licensed mental health counselor, doula, and podcaster herself um, coming to us from Rochester, New York. So, welcome, Danny. Uh, why don't we just kick it off and you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work?
2: Yes, hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, so, yes, my name is Danielle. Or I go by Danny, and I am um, a mother of a seven year old, and I also have a little girl on the way. So I'm due in five weeks very soon. i'm also a licensed mental health therapist and i'm a doula so i own my own business doing both of those i stay pretty busy and then i'm also a podcaster so i'm the host of the mommy timeout podcast and um i basically love everything motherhood so i'm excited to be here today thank you for having me
0: we are super excited to have you on and have you just share your personal experiences insight and knowledge with our listeners and so Right away, I want to just kind of dive right in and ask, you know, when we're navigating pregnancy and postpartum, there's just so many things that we're experiencing as women, and it can be really challenging to recognize if we're having feelings of depression or feelings of anxiety. And I'm curious, why is it so difficult to recognize that in ourselves?
2: Um, I would say mainly because of the stigma around mental health, right? So society um, um, makes us believe that we are supposed to be able to do everything and kind of keep our household going, keep our jobs going, and not really get tired, right? Um, So I would say definitely the stigma around mental health and parenting. um, But also with that, we can, um, just in my work, right, my work, and even myself, when I've worked with moms who are experiencing mental health, I hear them tell me that um, they feel like if they admit they're depressed or anxious, then that makes them look like a bad mom, or they're afraid that other people will think like that they're not capable of taking care of their children, which is not true, right? But that's how society makes us feel at times as women and as moms. Um, But, you know, it's important for us to be realistic. Right. Like we wear many hats as women and as moms. And sometimes we need to take a break. Right. And put those hats down. And um, we have to make sure that we're giving ourselves grace and giving other people grace so that other women and mothers will know that it's okay to speak up when you're feeling some anxiety or depression.
1: Yes, to grace. I know Alex is shaking her head because that is Alex's current mantra is giving ourselves grace, especially um, this year, especially, you know, in a coming off of potentially still during post pandemic life. Um, But yeah, you're right. Like one of our main focuses is really to show all sides of motherhood. So it's to say that like what you're feeling is really normal and that everyone goes through this also and that you can't hold it all together. Uh, you said it perfectly about giving grace uh, to moms in like wherever they're at, at their, in their journey. When we think about this period of like right away, especially postpartum, we hear lots of different terms like postpartum depression baby blues, and even more that I'm sure you can educate us on? What's kind of the difference between those?
2: Yeah, so um, that's a great question. And I get asked that all the time. Um, So with baby blues, that happens usually in the beginning, right? So that lasts for maybe like two weeks. And so it can be like mom is crying or more sad or, you know, just feeling, um, just down, right. Maybe some trouble sleeping, but all new moms, we don't sleep. (laughs) There's no such thing. Right. Um, but it can be issues of sleeping and eating, um, but those changes are usually due to like, you know, the mother's body is changing, like she just gave birth, right? And she's adjusting to hormones and like transitioning into the new role of being a mother and like really being all at all times, right? When you think about dealing with a newborn. So baby blues usually last for about two weeks. So we usually look at the time frame, right? So if it goes past two weeks, that's when we start to look at, um, you know, is there some postpartum um, is there some postpartum going on, right? And are there um, more things that's happening with mom just more than than the baby blues period? So it's really based on the time and how long those symptoms are showing up.
0: Are there any ways that women can not prepare, I don't know if prepare is the right word, but set themselves up to make that transition smoother to help prepare for if they start to feel depressed, if they start to feel anxious, things that they might not have thought they would have experienced per se, but then they do, like what things can we do to prepare ourselves if we start to notice those feelings or emotions coming up?
2: Things that I do with my doula clients is that we we create a postpartum plan. And so that is where I walk them through talking about what will life look like when you get home from the hospital, right? Because as doulas, we prepare them during pregnancy. We talk about your birth plan and then it's like, okay, then when you go home, what is going to happen, right? So many times people don't think about that postpartum period. So I would say create a plan and really get down to like every little piece. So I'll have them plan like, who do you trust to come over and support you with your new baby? right? And how often are they available? Are they available during the day? And if they are, like, who can you trust at night? Who do you have that can, that's willing to come over at night and help you with the baby if needed, right? Who can you rely on for meals, right? So you don't have to be cooking every day, especially if you have other children, right? That's the struggle, because you still have to feed them. (laughs) Like, it just doesn't stop, right? So who can you trust for meals, you know? And then even with their partners, let's talk about what, what will the schedule look like, right? So if one person is going back to work, like when that person gets home from work, are they going to then take over and give you like a couple of hours of a break or will they need some time to wind down and then they'll step in around this time? Like really planning out what that is going to look like when you get home. So that way, you know, you feel like you're ready for that time period, right? And you're not just trying to figure it out while everything is like already in motion, which can then create more anxiety and make you feel more overwhelmed.
0: I love that because I think it is important uh, the more you can prepare ahead of time versus when you're in the thick of it and emotions are high, you're sleep deprived, all these different things that you're trying to navigate.
1: And the food piece is so important. I, I Alex and I have talked about this in the past but like I was always the person even before I got pregnant and I was like I don't need meal trains like I know how to cook like we're good like I don't need that I mean it's like a lifesaver you barely know your right hand from your left hand when you have a newborn and so to think about making yourself a meal is so low on that list and so it's such a little thing but it's so important to think about like why not? Why don't, instead of just waiting for people to drop off food, why don't you ask people in your life, like, would you be willing to, to, to make this food or even flexing? Like I had a lot of people say like, Hey, I want to drop over food. And I'd say I, we have actually a ton of food in our fridge right now like would you actually be willing to drop it off next week or the following week so you are preparing yourself for like where it's going because I don't know it took a while for me to make my own meal again and both of you guys are having kids soon so I mean you you know you must be getting in that headspace right now so on the flip side of it like that's so great of you know what what we can do ahead of like to prepare for this possibility but what can women say to family and friends like that they're connecting with other moms who like the mom like somebody's asking them like are you okay and you're saying no i'm not okay but they don't look ill so they're like you're really fine or you're being dramatic or you just like this will pass like how can women who are experiencing some of these feelings whether it be baby blues postpartum depression or so on how can they express that if that question made any sense
2: yeah so it the question made perfect sense and I think it's very important something that's very important to talk about right um It's important for people to understand that depression and anxiety does not have a a specific look. Right. So I can't just walk into a room and be like, oh, okay, so that person has depression and that person is dealing with anxiety. Right. There's no special look to it. You know, Um, it's not possible to do that. So, I think first, the most important thing is to get that idea out of our head, right? That we can tell when someone looks or when someone is depressed or anxiety just by the way, or having anxiety just by the way that they look, right? Um, like for me, I would say um, during this pregnancy, because of like different stressors I had going on, like I was depressed for a part of my pregnancy, right? And because of those stressors that I had going on, um, there were times where I was sad, I was crying, like I wasn't eating like I should, but no one even knew unless I told them, right? Because I still got up, I still got dressed, I still got my seven-year-old off to school or summer camp. I went to work, I ran my business, like I still kept it going, right? Because I knew I still had responsibilities to take care of. And granted, people handle depression and anxiety in different ways, right? But I was able to kind of push through, but I was still dealing with some depression. But only people that I will share that with knew. Right. So I would encourage my be open and transparent, family and friends, um, that that they trust, right? And letting them know what they're what they're dealing with and what they're going through so that they understand um what's going on, right? Um, and let them know that although it looks like I physically have it together, I'm still struggling like mentally and emotionally, right? And sometimes when, when we're depressed or anxious, we still want to get up and do our hair and like put on some lipstick, right? To kind of try to help boost our mood. But it's important to for other people to understand that on the outside, someone can look like they're doing great, but inside they're They're struggling, right? Mentally and emotionally.
0: One, as you were talking, what I was thinking about is when you try to express to family and friends that you maybe are feeling depressed or you're feeling anxious, sometimes with that comes this feeling of like guilt and shame because you have this new baby and it's so wonderful and it's exciting and so... When you're like trying to ask for help or get that support, it can be really hard because you almost feel guilty for saying or feeling depressed. And how do we navigate that so that we know that we shouldn't feel guilty or shameful, that whatever we're feeling is valid. But I think that's a real thing a lot of moms experience when they notice that they might be having postpartum depression or anxiety that comes with that, it's like scary to tell people because there's like the shame or guilt around it almost.
2: Yes. um, And that's definitely a good point, right? Because here we are with this new baby, a new bundle of joy, right? And everyone's so excited. Congratulations, all this stuff. But we can still be fed, right? And people can look at us like, well, you just had this beautiful baby or are you sad. Um, and it's and and the shame and guilt definitely comes from um kind of like what I said before, just just the stigma from society, like being afraid that people are looking at you as if you don't love your baby just because you are feeling depressed. But that really has nothing to do with the love that you have for your baby, right? And so I think it's important for moms to know that and remind themselves of that. Like, no, baby, but I'm transitioning, right? I'm adjusting to only getting two hours of sleep at a time, right? My body is going through its own changes with hormones, and then if you have other kids, I still have to push through and take care of my other. You have no energy at all, right? And so all of that starts to take toll on you. And so that's completely separate from the love you have for your baby or the enjoyment of having that near. I think many times there, and we're kind of like looping it all together as if, um, because like with my depression and anxiety, I must not be able to be a good mom. I must not love being a mom. And that's not true. They're two completely separate different things, right? So I would say that it's important to be able to tell yourself that to help um, just combat some of that shame and guilt that comes up. But also finding that safe space, right? That safe person that you know you can be open and honest with without judgment.
1: Okay. So I don't want to put you on the spot here because we didn't ask you to prepare any statistics, but when it comes to like postpartum depression or anxiety, like how common is it? You can be super general. so You don't have to like try to quote anything, but how common is it? So like if it's a woman who's pregnant right now, or might be experiencing some of it and like, doesn't quite know, or think like, that's not going to be me. I'm not, You know, I've never had any anxiety or depression issues in the past. Like that's not gonna change when I have a baby.
2: Yes. So I do know this statistic and I'm trying to pull it off the top of my head because I just was having this conversation. I don't want to mix it up with my my doula stuff, but it's mommy brain. I I wanna say
1: mom (laughs) brain against you.
2: (laughs) Oh, definitely. I've had a lot of that. Um, so I want to say it's either one in four or either one in eight. It's one of those, right? Moms experience, um, a postpartum mood disorder. So it can be depression or anxiety. Um, another, another thing is that, um, our, our stats show us that almost like 80% of moms that are experiencing like depression or anxiety during pregnancy or postpartum, um, their their diagnosis usually goes untreated because of the not maybe not sharing what's going on, or like when they're going to the doctors, it's not being screened um appropriately. So they're kind of falling through the cracks. And so that is such a scary number, right? Because then we have so many moms out here that are experiencing depression and anxiety, it's not being treated. And that can lead to other like physical health issues, you know, or just like issues within their support system or with their family. So it's just so many different things that, you know, that that can lead to.
0: So for postpartum depression and anxiety, how long after birth could someone
2: start to experience that? Anxiety can show up at any time within the first 12 within the first 12 months of baby being born, right? So some people usually look for it like right at the beginning. They think like, okay, within the first one, two, or three months, I should experience it. Um, and then if they don't, they think that's clear. But it can show up at six months. It can show up at eight months, right? And it can be triggered by different things. So it can be another transition that's going on, like maybe mom is returning to work after being home for five months, right? And now that's a huge transition because you've been with your baby for all those months and now you're going to work and now you're juggling work and being away for eight hours and coming home and taking care of baby, maybe cleaning and cooking and taking care of the other children. So now that's just a new stressor, right? Or mom could be weaning baby off like of uh, the breast milk right and so just that we know, breastfeeding can be bonding right and so when you're your baby off that can just be another stressor um there could be new hormones that are um just kind of going through our body so it really can show up at any time during the first 12 months of baby's life so i always tell moms to just stay um stay in tune with yourself and what's going on right and just pay attention to how you're feeling and don't always think because you made it through the first three months of not experiencing any of those symptoms that that means that they won't come because there is still a possibility i wouldn't want any of my moms to to be blindsided by that
1: you're totally right i i most women think that like just the first few months are when when they're going to experience it and kind of feel like they're maybe in the clear and and almost get blindsided by it. So you talked a little little bit about this, but how can women prioritize their mental health during pregnancy and postpartum?
2: Yeah. So um, one thing is remembering that self-care is not selfish, right? And so I always have my moms repeat that to me before I leave them. <laughs> I'm like, and what's our saying, right? Self-care is not selfish, right? And so just repeating that to yourself that it's okay to take time for yourself. Because if you are not okay, there is absolutely no way, like it's completely impossible to fully show up for the other people that you need to show up for if you're not okay, right? So we think about that saying, um you can't pour from an empty cup, right? Like if your cup is empty, you have nothing left to give. And so you're kind of just running on fumes or just pulling from places that, you know, it's going to make you more uncomfortable or you feel more stressed, right? Um, also, I think it's important for moms to know that it's okay to not be okay. So if you're ever not okay that's okay, right? We're all not going to be happy and have it 100% together every single day. It's just not going to happen. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've just, I've had days where everything was just all, all over the place, right? Like, And I'm just like, you know what? I don't even care. Like, I just, I'll try again tomorrow, right? And so I just kind of let things fall how they're gonna fall, and just be. Tomorrow is a new day for me to give it another try, right? Um, I support for women to really schedule in that self care time, um, to like the same way we would schedule an appointment or practice appointment or a activity for our kids or a meeting. Like put that self care in your calendar, right? And look at it as like a meeting for yourself. And whatever you need to do to prepare for that meeting with yourself, you do that, right? You make a plan. So if I know I'm gonna not available for two hours, okay, who's watching the kids, right? Do I need to have a meal prepared for them by then? Or will that person be able to make the meal for them? Do I need to Make sure I get a load of laundry done so I feel better about it. Like, you know, like really plan out everything you need to do to prepare for that meeting for yourself so that nothing gets gets in the way of that time. Um, I would also say finding a therapist to talk to is important. Um, even if just mental health check-ins every few weeks or every once in a while, just to see how you're doing, right? Um, If you already have a therapist, just making sure you stay connected to that therapist during your pregnancy and during postpartum because you know there's going to be so many different changes that are that are happening for you.
1: I love the scheduling. I'm sure most women could could definitely take that tip and like put it in right away of like, okay, if you wanna take a bath, like and if you absolutely have to get that on your so you can make sure that it gets done or you know whatever even if it's five minutes of meditation like actually scheduling it is is really important and you can almost be um a little bit more like self-reliant on actually doing things and following through so like on the flip side of that like how what are some ways that partners can help someone going through part of depression or postpartum anxiety
2: yeah um so one thing I do want to share about this topic, because I know we're focusing on mothers, so I won't stay on this too long, but is that um like research has actually shown us that partners can also experience postpartum depression. Um, I want to say it was about like 10 to 15% of partners reported symptoms of like postpartum depression and some anxiety. So um as I was reading that, I was like, I never thought about that, right? Like we're always so focused on moms. Um but I just wanted to to share that too, because um, I've been talking about that a lot lately. <laughs> but um, as far as your question goes for the partner, I would say the most important thing is to be patient, right? Understand that mom is going through some things physically, right? She just birthed a whole baby, right? And so she's trying to like, her body is just kind of all over the place right now, right? And like she's dealing with different hormone changes and things like that. So really be patient with mom. Um, Also, it's important for partners to be mindful of the things that you say to your partner about different things, right? About her body, appearance, about her mood or her attitude or about the house, right? Um, One thing that I hear my mom say is that, like, you know, he came home or he or she right, came home and asked me, well, what did you do all day? And I'm like, that is the wrong question <laughs> to, to ask, right? Like you were taking care of a whole baby all day, <laughs> you know, and that takes a lot of work. So I always encourage my parents to just be mindful of the things that that you're saying to your partner, right? Um and then also offer as much help as you can with as many tasks as you can, right? Nothing is too small. So even if it's just, you know, I'll carry the basket of laundry upstairs that she just grabbed out the dryer, right? Or I'll just fold the clothes for her or, you know, I'll hold the baby for like 30 minutes and tell her like, hey, go, just go five or go walk, you know, like just help out with as many um, tasks as you can. Also, communication is important. So making sure you just continue to communicate with your partner, engage them as much as possible, give them as much encouragement as you can. Um, And then also for partners, I I always encourage them to also have a a safe person or a safe space that they can go to to talk about what's going on um because many partner many partners will recognize the postpartum depression and anxiety before mom speaks up about it because they're on the outside looking in right and so just having a safe person that they can go to and find out like what what other supports they can possibly help mom to get connected with is going to be important with um with mom's care when it comes to postpartum depression and anxiety
0: So you were talking earlier about working with a therapist and I'm just curious, what is the best way for someone to navigate stepping into therapy if their insurance doesn't cover seeing a therapist? What other suggestions do you have for them?
2: Yeah. So I would say one thing is that if you do find a therapist in your area, many therapists will offer like a sliding scale fee for therapy so that, you know, just certain lower prices that you can pay. Another resource for that is called OpenPath. So OpenPath is great because they have therapists that have already agreed to provide um, sliding scale fees. So you can get therapy for as low as $30 a session. Right, which is awesome because most therapists charge at least a hundred dollars or more. Right, so get them for thirty dollars is great. So, Open Path has therapists that have already agreed to do that, and you can go on there, search a therapist, um, you know, find out what their specialties are, and be able to connect with someone through Open Path. Um, another one is um, it's called Fact So they provide up to six free sessions for, um, African Americans. Um, you just have to fill out an application for it. Another one is called Loveland Foundation. So they offer grants for therapy. So that way, if you can't really afford it, you can go through them. And, um, like I have some clients who use them now and they get, like they can keep applying for like four free sessions at a time so that where they're able to get, um, get therapy like they need, right? Um, also, I would say look into some support groups in your area. Sometimes agencies will provide like certain support groups. So it may necessarily be individual therapy, right? But at least you're able to connect with other women who maybe are in the same postpartum stage as you or just having through it. So that way you can at least learn some strategies, right? Some tips and tricks that can help you through through what you're going through. Um, and then also with your job, looking into EAP, right? If you have the uh, resource at your job, just definitely leaning on them to get a couple of free sessions.
1: Those are some great suggestions. We'll make sure to put them in the show notes so that if you're listening to this and you want to utilize some of them, um, I think that's helpful because I think Alex is totally right. Like one, just navigating the therapist space in general is difficult, but then doing it when you're like, how am I going to possibly like add in this cost? And what if I need to continue to go to more sessions? Like how would I pay for this? It's good to know that there's a lot to help women so we ask all of our guests this question um so i'll ask it to you Embolden means to give someone the courage or confidence to do something or to behave in a certain way to inspire invigorate revitalize strengthen what is the way you hope to embolden mamas
2: i would say um so i to continue to do my work as a maternal mental health therapist and as a doula, and using this to really uplift moms, right? To educate them, to just elevate them, and to just empower them, um, and helping them to build their confidence as both a woman and a mother. Um, my my other goal is to create a space where mothers can connect with other women. Um, other mothers to have that support and be an inspiration to one another. Um, everyone can inspire someone in some way, right? We all have a story to share and there's always some other mom that is going through something that we've already been through so we can be there to support them. So that's uh, another way that I would love to be able to um, just be, be a support to moms just creating that space for them. Um, and just generally sharing my story, right? I don't mind sharing any parts of my story with any mom, um, helping them to see like how I was able to get through certain situations or just get through certain times and transitions in my own life. Um, so I would say that is one way or a a few ways actually, (laughs) I know I said a few, um, to help embolden mamas.
0: That's wonderful. And I think it's, what you're saying of just showing up as your real authentic self and sharing your story is such a great way to embolden other women because it reminds them they're not alone. It also inspires them um, to maybe do the same too. And Danny, I just want to thank you for coming on to our podcast. It's been awesome getting to chat with you here today, hear about You know, all of your insight and knowledge. And this is such an important conversation to have. And I hope that it helps somebody listening to prepare ahead of time rather than when they're in the thick of it. But if they're listening, when they're in the thick of it, know that you're not alone in that journey, your experience, and there are resources, and your community is around you and there to support you. And with that, that is today's episode. And it was so much fun. And thank you to all of our listeners for being a part of this space. Make sure that you are subscribed and following Mamahood in real life, wherever you listen and get your episodes. We'll link all of the resources in our show notes. And until next time, go out and have a wonderful, wonderful day. See you next time. Thank you.